morning. God bless you. All right. This is really exciting. I'm so happy to have my wife and my children here. This is, I'm so happy. Thank you for coming, honey. Thank you for wrangling all of them. Because I know I didn't help get them ready. Uh, at all. It's sad but true. Uh, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In John 2.23, we learned what happened to Jesus after he turned the water into wine. I mean grape juice. After he turned the water into Welch's refrigerated grape juice at the wedding in Cana. Verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, beholding his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, because he knew all men. He did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Oof. I always feel convicted when I read that part. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you know what is in us, and you know what we'll do to you when given half a chance, or anyone else for that matter. Thank you for loving us anyway. Amen. Yeah, what Jesus is talking about here, so I understand it, is we build our heroes up just to tear them down. It's an American tradition. I remember when Cam Newton could do no wrong until he quit on his team in the Super Bowl. Uh, when he didn't dive after a fumble head first. He went, and then he paused. Does anybody remember that? I remember that. Yeah, it was like 2015. Uh, funny thing is, maybe people were accusing him of having a or of making a business decision or not laying it all on the line for the Super Bowl glory and condemning him for that. They were, but they were almost enjoying it. And it made me sad because nobody gave Cam the benefit of the doubt. He is a professional athlete. I mean, maybe Cam had a concussion that he was playing through, and everyone was looking the other way on it, even the NFL, because, you know, what's a Super Bowl without Cam Newton, you know, stuck in pro concussion protocol? And if you look at that championship game the two weeks before, you have a lot of reasons to believe that he might have had a concussion or three because they were nailing him. But, you know, just... We don't give him the benefit of the doubt, though. We had elevated him to that awesomeness and that near-perfect season, and he was, you know, 18-1 and one before the Super Bowl, and we wanted to condemn him when he failed us, and we felt good about it. Uh, yeah, Jesus doesn't entrust himself to them because he knows how we humans are. Uh, those people believing in him and his signs weren't really believing in him. They weren't looking to take up their cross and follow Jesus uh, they were believing in an idolatrous champagne room fantasy version of him that they thought would meet their needs to be powerful and victorious. Uh, as George C. Scott said when he was playing Patton in the movie Patton, Americans hate a quitter and will not tolerate a loser. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Uh, America especially loves its heroes, or even, dare I say, idols, when after a devastating setback, they pull themselves up by their bootstraps to overcome adversity and win it all, like Kirk Gibson in the 1988 World Series, 
or Carrie Strug vaulting on a broken ankle in the 1996 Summer Olympic Games. America needs its feel-good Rocky stories, and we need our heroes to win. As a child growing up in the 80s, to this day, I can't even process the Olympics apart from the Cold War anti-communist narrative. We Americans are the good guys, and those steroid-abusing, cheating communists like the Russians and East Germans are the villains. Yeah, we, we know that's what it really means, right? And we were there in the 80s? Okay, good. And this is never more true than in gymnastics. If we're not going to defeat them on the battlefield, we're at least going to defeat them in the Olympics. I mean, and to be fair, the entire cold, the, for the entire Cold War, the Iron Curtain was dominating in women's gymnastics because they had drugs for their steroid fuel and ruthless immoral coaches who you know, fueled their little machines to dominate. But since 1996, America has been reeling off a string of victories in women's gymnastics. And by the 2010s, we could say we've come to dominate the sport. Uh, you know, not just as a team, but even as an individual. Uh, I mean, as a team, we've gotten two golds, like in addition to the 1996 gold, we've gotten two more golds and two more silvers. Not that we care about the silvers, because, you know, we're exceptional Americans, and we know that silver medals are just for the first loser. Other countries celebrate silver and bronze, not us. I mean, Sunny Lee won a bronze on the vault, her best position, this morning at 4 a.m., and the news was, after a few rare, uncharacteristic mistakes, Sunny Lee settled for bronze. That's the headline, you know. Well, God forbid you get a bronze. We're just so we're embarrassed by you. We love you when you get gold, but just don't get a bronze. You know, bronze, see, silver is for average. You know, bronze is for below average. Uh, that's the American medals. But since, 19, but since 2004, and with Carly Patterson, every best all-around female Olympian in gymnastics has been in America. Nastia Liukin, Gabby Douglas, and then Simone Biles in 2016. We were so looking for her to duplicate it and two-peat and get back-to-back -back so we could actually equal the Russians or some East German or some Eastern European person that did this in the 60s. Uh, you know, that's just kind of how we see things. And to be fair, the Russians weren't even supposed to be competing in this Olympics because the whole nation got banned and then somehow the Russian Olympic committees allowing athletes that, or the, other, or the Olympics are letting Russian athletes compete under some committee name that didn't get caught cheating, but you know, whatever. I'm still not happy about that, you can tell. Anyways, I guess it's my unspoken American except obsession with the Cold War and with the gold medal and with beating the Russians that caused me to have so much internal turmoil uh, Tuesday morning while the rest of my family slept unawares. There I was at around, I don't know, 5 or 6 a.m. streaming, live streaming women's gymnastics on my phone. <laughs> when, and my family's asleep. And then my gold medal hopes were dashed beyond repair. Out of nowhere, the best gymnast of all time, sorry, Nadia, but the best gymnast of all time, Simone Biles, goes to do a vault which is where we have our best advantage over the Russians, by the way, in the team competition is our vaulters are better than their vaulters because they're just stronger. Take that, steroid users. And then she goes to do her first vault. It's the first competition in the event, and she gets lost in the air with the twisties and just lays a goose egg. It was like, oof. Now, I'm no 
expert on gymnastics, like an Olympic commentator, but growing up with a little sister who did competitive cheer from like when she was four to when she was 22, who was ranked as an eighth in the world individual when she was a teenager, I know a bit about getting your full down and your back handsprings and your reverses and your back tuck. So I, I know enough. And I'd watched enough vaulting against the Russians in my, to know that she just did something really, really bad. And we weren't going to win after that. I mean, this was like a junior high vault is what it looked like. Well, actually, Simone Giles was better than that in junior high. It was like some real junior high kid doing a junior high vault. And it was really bad. I mean, I mean, the commentator said, lucky she's, she didn't blow out her knee or land on her head or something. But that didn't matter. I didn't need the commentators to say it. I knew our gold medal hopes were over right there at the beginning of the competition. Uh, because that's how Olympic scoring works. Uh, it's a little complex if you don't follow it regularly. But we needed the vault to be our best event against the Russians to come out on top, because they're going to probably edge us in a lot of other things, like in the other three. And, this, and with this one vault, she completely destroyed any hope of a gold. Because, I mean, there, there's no coming back to start your season like that. And it really was a season. That's the brutality of gymnastics scoring. I mean, each one of these little vaults they do that take a split second or one of these little ring routines, it's not like an at-bat or even a possession with the football or even a whole game. It's actually like multiple games of the season. It's like a chunk. Uh, Simone didn't just put us behind with that one vault. It was as if your greatest of all time franchise quarterback, Simone Biles, defending world Super Bowl champ, just led us in to defeat, to go 0-5 for the first five games of the NFL football season by averaging five interceptions a game that were all pick sixes returned for a touchdown. I mean, this was the horriblest thing. And to force the analogy a little farther, I hope you're following it, it's like two of those losses were to our division rivals, the Russians. So now due to tiebreakers, we're all but mathematically eliminated from taking first. And now, there we are, looking at 11 more games to play out the season. And the odds of us running the table perfectly to maybe salvage a bronze are very low. Because, I mean, that vault was like an act of God. I mean, that was like, that was like Samuel walking up to Saul and going, what is the bleeding of oxen and rams I see here, here, or I hear here? You know, I mean, this was just like, this is like Samson getting his hair cut off or something. It was like, oh my gosh. And all these thoughts went through my head in the flash as I'm seeing her stiffen up and then land on her feet like that. And she just opened up way too soon. She wasn't moving. And from the look on Simone Biles' face as she walked off the mat, I think she knew too. It was the look of Superman after realizing someone had shot you with an injection of kryptonite, okay? She had just lost the gold medal for everyone, and there was nothing she could do about it. There was no grace. There was no redemption. I mean, the words of her Russian opponent uh, from an interview a few months before the Olympics, gymnast Valentina Rodienko, guess where she's from? Yeah, uh, her words to uh, some European media were ringing in my ears, and I wondered if they were ringing in Simone's too. Simone, Simone is 70% of the American team. You remove her, and we will beat them easily. I don't know if she sounds like that. I'm being mean. I'm sorry. I imagine she sounds like that because I'm mad. Uh, but, uh, well... <laughs> 
Simone Biles, with that one bad vault, had removed 70% of the Olympic team, and she was horrified. What she did next, though, took away any frustration I had with her. When heaven, I mean, it was a very teachable moment. I'm like, there's a sermon in there. When heaven, for heaven knows whatever reason, when, the king, when heaven tears the kingdom away from you and gives it to someone else, it takes more than a little faith and humility and spiritual maturity to accept that in real time when the world is watching. And instead of pulling a saw and clinging on to the kingdom to the destruction of herself and everyone, Simone chose to be a, giant, chose to be a, a Jonathan and handed over the Olympic kingdom power and glory to someone else, to force someone else's actually, all of whom are now eternally grateful to her. Being how Simone Biles is a devout Christian, we shouldn't be that surprised that she counted the cost and did the most unselfish and unmean girl thing I've ever seen or heard of a female gymnast do since watching the movie Stick It. She denied her chance and her place in the Olympics to yield it to a teammate to compete. Okay, This doesn't happen in the world of gymnastics, for those of you that don't follow. There are no teammates. There are frenemies, only frenemies you're competing against nominally on a team, and you're competing against them for spots to become America's sweetheart. And we have a lot of girls wanting to be America's sweetheart in America, and they're all better than everybody else's, and sometimes even the Russians. Which is why the Olympic Committee makes a two-athlete-per-country event rule to keep us from just like, otherwise it'd just be the America and the Russians for everything. Uh, we, have the best, we, we, we have more than the five best vaulters in the world, and three of them didn't get to compete in the final event this morning because of that rule. But Simone had the self-awareness to know she was genuinely compromised with a real thing, the twisties. She knew that the ark was lost and that the glory of God had departed the temple. <laughs> Ichabod. But she kept her head about her, went into full damage control mode, and immediately chose to give someone else a shot at usurping her place as America's sweetheart and on the world podium, which she's had a stranglehold on for eight years. Winners don't handle being replaced very well, but she did. She chose to do the adult mature thing and not hurt her team anymore and give those other girls who were at their first, this was her second, but to give those other girls on her team who were at their first, last, and probably only Olympics a fighting chance to at least pull out a bronze. Now, of course, I didn't really expect them to do that because that's not how real life works. That's for fairy tales. So I quit watching and therefore missed one of the greatest gut check comeback last stance I've ever seen. And we showed the world that, except for Russia, even our 30% of a team is still better than every other nation's. And somehow with a little luck and a little misfortune, we pulled out a silver. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the happiest ending Grace McCollum, Sinisa Lee, and uh, Jordan Chiles could have hoped for. They didn't just claw their way back to the bronze. They were more perfect than they'd ever been and, and ran the table with 11 straight football victories to get into the playoffs with the top wildcard spot. Considering the, the, the point deficit the team found themselves in after Simone's dreadful last place vault, okay, not last, last place. She was 21st out of like 24 people. But that's effectively last place for her, okay? 
I found their effort and their way to rally a testament to American resilience in the face of adversity. Or so I thought. So this is about 10 in the morning when I find all this out. So I go for a swim, happy with how things turned out on a Tuesday. Little did I know what I was in store for on social media when I got out of the pool. Did anyone else see this? Is it, is, is it just my friends on social media, on Facebook, behaving badly? Oh, was your friends behaving badly too? Yet, to my utter bewilderment, I check my Facebook and my Christian friends, who I'm only friends with because we're on Christian groups, you know, my Christian friends that I've known throughout the years from Christian school and from seminary and everything, they are scapegoating Simone Biles for costing us the gold medal by quitting. No, she cost us the gold medal when she did that vault, but okay. And then crucifying her for the sins of what America has become today, a nation of selfish quitters. Ooh. Anyways, of course, against my better judgment, I responded on Facebook and got in a 15-minute flame war. Sorry, honey, for being late. Uh, I deleted it all so the church won't be embarrassed. Uh, but I uh, got into a 15-minute flame war arguing that they didn't know what they were talking about and she knew she didn't have it and she was just trying to staunch the hem hemorrhaging and not ruin the other girls' Olympics any more than she already had, which is actually a good thing. And she could have really hurt herself doing the vault she does, you know, with the twisties. And then these bitter lemmings somehow had already heard all that and started firing back at me with these disturbingly consistent talking points that I had to be figured were being spoon-fed back to them from somewhere professional. So, of course, I go online and find that Simone Biles' withdrawal from her events, not just the team, but then the all-around competition and then her individual events after that, all three competitions, have already been politicized by, in the culture war by that hotbed of alternative mythological reality, the outrage infotainment industry of right-wing social media. Now, Matt Walsh, Clay Travis, and Buck Sexton, those are some, two of those guys took over Rush Limbaugh's time slot. Among others, had already labeled Biles a quitter. She just fit into that narrative of the supremely talented athlete who didn't win because she quit. Who loves that narrative? Me, being a second string scrub who never got to start, I especially attempted to believe that narrative. But I knew it wasn't the case here. Charlie Kirk even called Simone Biles a selfish sociopath and a shame to the country. And then even the founder and editor, I am embarrassed to say this, of my favorite alternative news source, the Babylon Bee, the founder and editor, Seth Dillon, went on record and called her a coward on Twitter. And I love the Bee. And I actually agree with these guys on most issues, honestly. But it really grieved me that this all happened around the world. Like uh, Winston Churchill once said, a lie will travel halfway around the world before the truth uh, can get its pants on. And that was back before media and video, but this was something the whole world watched and saw. They should have known what happened if they knew what was going on. And somehow, the people doing their thinking for them were able to just play on their frustration, play on whatever, and had already rewritten a false narrative of what had happened. And I was really worried. I mean, what does that mean we've become as a nation? A supposedly Christian nation is that. I mean... What are we? Are we, are we infants tossed? Are we, are we 
no longer children, or are we not? Are we tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery and by the craftiness and deceitful, the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming? I mean, if my Facebook feed tells me anything, it's that way too many of our fellow Christian believers this week were just completely drinking in this ignorant, false mythology, villainizing Simone Biles as this week's sign that America's going to hell in a handbasket because of liberal culture. I'm sorry, but how is the Babylon Bee chucking Simone Biles under the bus as a quitter, good for our nation, or even speaking the truth in love? I mean, what is the next verse? What, is, I mean, what, what does verse 415 say? But, this is in Ephesians for those of you that don't read your Bibles, but, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So, let's speak some truth in love here. Now, I know this isn't necessarily any of you wonderful people, because I look at your Facebook feeds and I know you'd never do that. But, I know you have friends and you can be a light and a witness, and I know this is going to be on Facebook, so maybe someone watching on Facebook needs to hear this. So, let's just get one thing straight, truth and love. If anyone on the U.S. Olympic team deserves to play the mental health card, it's Simone Biles. For the past eight years, she has been delivering gold for our nation time and time again on the world stage in the face of tremendous adversity. I mean, it's no secret she's in regular therapy and on anti-anxiety medication. Who knew that? Okay, two people. Three people, yes. All right, four people, good. Yeah. And do we, I mean, do you know how hard it is to focus when your brain is getting constantly rewired on anti-anxiety medication? The overwhelming majority of patients on anti-anxiety medication can't even focus well enough to achieve an orgasm, much less perform a Yurchenko two and a half volt. And why? Why is she on anxiety meds and in therapy? Why is she a therapy case? Do we know? I mean on account of the severe psychological trauma of being repeatedly sexually abused for years by her USA Gymnastics team doctor, Larry Nasser, like 260 other young girls and a few young boys. As Simone Biles told Megyn Kelly three years ago, Larry Nasser took a part of me that I'll never get back. Maybe if she still had that part of herself, she wouldn't be on meds, and maybe she could even focus on the vault instead of putting us in last place. But we must remember on top of that that it's not just the PTSD from that horrible trauma that I hear never goes away. She's still involved in acrimonious, vicious litigation against the U.S. Olympic Committee and against USA Gymnastics. They are not frenemies. They are real enemies. They pretty much hate each other. The USA Gymnastics team would love nothing more than for her to age out of the system so they can keep their machine and their press releases running. This, I mean, in, April, in an April interview at NBC, Simone stated that the main reason she's coming back at 24, this is the reason she's competing, is to raise awareness and raise public pressure to get some accountability for her adversaries, USA Gymnastics, because they've done nothing really to change the toxic environment that allowed a a sexual abuser to thrive. And she says, if there, weren't a remaining, if there weren't a remaining survivor in the sport, they would have just brushed it to the side. Mm. So that's how the Olympic sausage is made. 
And this is nothing new from her, this April thing. For the last three plus years, she's been publicly condemning USA Gymnastics and the Olympic team every chance she gets for their continued failure to make any real changes to protect current and future athletes, as well as their endless court litigation to keep every document sealed, to keep everything a secret, and to demand blanket amnesties be given for any of them to talk, because they all closed ranks. Now, it's hard enough to compete in the Olympics and go for the gold when you were sexually abused by your Olympic doctor, but in 2016, she did it. But it's even harder <laughs> five years later when after the whole thing breaks, the people, you find out the people that were supposed to protect you from that horrible thing knew before it ever happened to you that he was doing it, and they just made every effort to covering it up. Even sweet-talking and bribing FBI investigators to make sure that he put it on the bottom of his desk and didn't deal with it, much less alert any other authorities. And unfortunately, it's stuff like that that was released by the Justice Department Inspector General's report two weeks ago that documented and unveiled the level of scumbaggery that USA Gymnastics resorted to in order to maintain the cover-up cover and keep the, the gold medal machine running. That was released two years ago, and it confirmed all of her frustrations. So when Simone Biles tweeted last week that she had the weight of the world on her shoulders, I didn't really necessarily assume it was about the sport because she's carried that cross of tr being the loudest, most recognized voice to hold USA Gymnastics accountable while continuing to still go out there and serve them and our country with gold medals on the world stage in all yearly co competitive events. And because of this reason, the right-wing media doesn't get to arouse their lemming-like reactionary base against her for needing a mental health day because that's disgustingly un-American. That's not bearing her burdens with her. And she is a sister in Christ. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. And not one of these vitriolic talking heads reminded their audience about the abuse. And not one of them reminded the audience that she is a devout Christian with a genuine face, faith that she affirmed to on Fox News of all places. The sad thing is, the only conservative pundits I could find out there that addressed the issue without crucifying her weren't even Christian. They were Jewish. It was Ben Shapiro and Prager U. They were the only ones trying to be fair. And this week, at least half of America has made it overly clear that we don't want to know how the Olympic gold medal sausage is made or what they did to her or what they continue to not take responsibility for because we don't some of us don't really care if Simone or every other Olympic gymnast this century was repeatedly abused or not. We just want to vicariously use them to feel powerful when they defeat the Russians for us every four years. And then they need to go away into whatever Pan Am Games national obscurity they do. And at 24 years of age, after three long years of public legal battle with the unrepentant USA Gymnastics organization that failed her, maybe she began to realize how the world really works too. Maybe she figured out how little she meant to America and to the USA Gymnastics Committee. And that maybe she started to wonder that whether 
she competed in this Olympics or not, it really wasn't going to matter because it really wasn't going to bring any real accountability to USA Gymnastics. If anything, her big name presence just meant that NBC got more advertising dollars. Oh, and advertisers were furious when NBC, when Simone Biles dropped, especially after Naomi Osaka lost. And with thoughts like that running through my head, I would need a mental health day too. And it makes me sad that so many sections of our country, often the sections claiming to be the real Americans, the real red-blooded Americans, in her moment of dereliction and self-doubt, we crucify her as everything wrong with young people. And I begin to realize that if our dysfaction with her cuts so deeply, then maybe we're the ones that need to repent of, our, of the demands we've placed on her. Maybe she didn't fail us. Maybe we failed her with our apathy towards USA Gymnastics these last four years. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time that a corrupt organization or an organization with a scandal needed to count on America's goldfish memory to just forget about it if they just drug out proceedings and whatever long enough. This wouldn't be the first time a wicked and adulterous generation crucified their Messiah for quitting on them and failing to satisfy their idolatrous need for victory over their, enemy, over their enemies. Excuse me. I mean, are the people which condemning Simone Biles, are they, are they caught up in false messianic expectations? In the face of the evil empire during Passion Week, Jesus quit on the people of Jerusalem too as far as they were concerned. And all that love they had for Jesus when they thought he was a winner turned into contempt when he quit on them and failed them. I would agree with Jesus. I mean, it, it, it really break, broke my heart. I mean, people I've listened to for years became, I mean, like, what is a failed Messiah without a Judas to chuck her under the bus? I mean, and that supremely talented athlete quitting on her team narrative was picked up even more viciously by some other detractors. Uh, sports commentator Jason Whitlock replaced her black girl tragic, or replaced her black girl magic with black girl tragic. Candace Owen, who I love on so many times and agree with her on most things, agreed with Babylon B founder Seth Dillon and called her a coward. I mean, it's, it felt like Jason Whitlock was going out of his way to make it very clear that he was going to distance himself from her every way he could. Well, I agree there's a lot wrong with myself and this generation I'm a part of, and maybe Jesus would too. If you're still with me, please turn to Luke 7, chapter 31. Or follow along on the screen. This is Jesus, our Lord, speaking. To what shall I compare this generation? Oh, to what shall I compare the men of this generation? What are they like? They are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another. They say, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We played a sad song, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man, that's Jesus, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a, tax, a friend of tax 
gatherers and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her children. Simone, if she went out there and lost us the gold with bad performances, would have been equally condemned by this team. Not by this team, but by all these talking heads. But wisdom is proved right by her children. Was her by her fruit, was her decision fruitful or not? So let's ask ourselves, what were the real results of Biles withdrawing from competition? Was it fruitful or not? Contrary to the blistering idiots on social media, her withdrawal did not cost Team America any gold medal because she'd already lost the gold medal with that epically atrocious and very dangerous failed vault attempt. However, she did make the wise tactical decision to stop the bleeding and gave her team a shot to still win, and they did, and they pulled out a silver. So that was the best, that is beyond best case expectations as far as I'm concerned. Then again, these pundits denounced her for dropping out of the all-around competition that America's always won since 2004 in the Olympics. But America still took that gold too. Sunny Lee, among Americans, stepped up in probably her first and last Olympics and took home the gold for America to share in Olympic glory. And the, so, the, so the USA lost no medal there. They just have a new fairy tale, fairy tale story and a sub-minority. Who knows who the Mungs are? Who's a Vietnam vet who knows who the Mungs are? Yeah, if, if you're not a Vietnam vet or served in that time, you probably don't know who they are. Yeah, they are so happy because no one else in America besides Vietnam vets knows who they are or appreciates the sacrifice they made, usually. And they always have to say, you know that primitive tribe of people in Gran Torino? The Clint Eastwood movie, people go, oh, right. And now they can say, you know Sonny Lee, the gold medalist? They're so happy. My, my brother-in-law's married. My, my sister-in-law's a Mung, and this is like the best thing that ever happened to them. So I don't really believe in that thing, too. Uh, but the conservatives were adamant that she quit on herself and was being selfish because she didn't compete in two individuals this morning. And they say she took things away from her teammates, or, or she took the place of other girls who could have came. No, America has more than enough talented gymnasts already there in Tokyo. And her withdrawal from the vault led to an alternate, or to someone who didn't qualify, Michaela Skinner, a 24-year-old, who knows who she is? Yeah, she's, she's perennially been picked over for first team. She's always been an alternate. This was her last chance. She scored fourth in the world in qualifications last week, but because Jade Carey and Simone Biles scored second and third, she wasn't allowed to compete. And when Simone Biles dropped out, she really just let her friend all these years compete. And that girl this morning at 4 a.m. won a silver in her first, last, and only Olympics before retiring. And she is so grateful and so happy. So even in this case, I would say, when does withdrawing to let Michaela Skinner get to compete for once in her life in the Olympics become less about quitting and more an act of mercy and love and friendship between two girls that have known each other for years? Not that my approval matters. I guess ultimately, Simone Biles doesn't answer to us. She's, she only answers to God. And I just wish that this whole thing would have ended better. Because there were a lot of people and survivors of all forms of abuse rooting for her, and she wanted to win for them, and she couldn't. And that broke her heart. And I just wish that uh, we as a nation 
and as Christians and as conservatives, which I am a conservative, could unite around something like this and love and support her in this time. I have more to say, but I'm over time. Uh, if you've never believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do. Simone Biles does. Please consider it. Uh, he's carried a cross for her and for everyone else that's been a victim of abuse. If you posted something mean about Simone Biles this week, I, I know you guys didn't, but on the off chance you did, uh, you're, and you want to repent, the altar call is open to you to come down and repent too. Or if you just need prayer, because you know maybe you've suffered at the hands of someone for anything, and you felt that no one cared and everyone looked the other way, and you need prayer, the altar is open for that too. God bless you, and may you always remember that Jesus is going to come wipe away every tear. The altar is open.